Hey there, neighbor. Welcome to Good Life News, a weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, living the abundant Christian life, and God's wonderful, wonderful love. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Fenton, an old farm kid, Bible student, preacher of grace, husband of one, father of two, papa for five, and really just another pilgrim headed for home. I'm so glad you've clicked in to join me on this journey today. Let's walk together for a few minutes and see what we can discover on the way to the kingdom. Are you ready? Let's go! Greetings once again, friends. This is episode 12 of the podcast. The title of this week's episode is Five Things That Never Change. It's no overstatement to say we live in an incredible time of Earth's history. The pace of life for nearly everybody in our world today seems to be increasing at exponential rates with every passing day. Headline news carries up-to-the-minute developments of events happening not only here at home, but from any remote spot on the entire globe. The hectic rush invades our space without invitation, and we spend our days spinning wheels just to try to keep up with the daily demands of life. Even in retirement, my wife Ruth and I find that busyness is a constant companion. I find ever more easy to believe that the angel's message to the Old Testament prophet Daniel is being fulfilled right before our eyes. Here's what the angel told Daniel regarding the end of time. At the end of time, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Daniel 12.4 <laughs> Yeah, I think we're there. So, here's an invitation. Just sit back and relax for a few minutes while I share a few thoughts about finding peace in times of chaos. First, it's important that we recognize that change happens and it will always keep happening. We need to make our peace with that reality. Certainly, if we're looking for security in our personal life circumstances, it's not going to be in a static existence where everything always stays exactly the same. Such a world doesn't exist, never has, never will. There are, however, some things that never change, and I'm going to share five of those things in just a bit. But first, here are a couple of quotes I have found insightful. The first is from William O. Douglas, who lived from 1898 until 1980. William Douglas was a United States Supreme Court justice, and this is what he said. The search for static security in the law and elsewhere, is misguided. The fact is, security can only be achieved through constant change, adapting old ideas that have outlived their usefulness to current facts. End quote. The second quote is from Spencer Johnson, M.D., who is the author of Who Moved My Cheese?, a delightful little novella about four mice who are forced to deal with a new reality when somebody moved their cheese that they were used to finding in exactly the same place every day. Here's what Dr. Johnson observed in his story, quoting, The only real security in changing times is the ability to adapt in time. Let me read that again. The only real security in changing times 
is the ability to adapt in time. End quote. The truth is, you can only tolerate change to the level of your security. So here are those five things I'm suggesting to you that never change. These five truths, if you will accept them, will provide ultimate mental, emotional, and spiritual security even in the middle of a chaotic situation that never stops changing. Number one, God's love for you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that text is written not just for the world, but for each individual, the message of the gospel. Number two, God's justice. Romans 1 verse 18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Yes, God is fully love, yes, but he is also fully justice, righteous justice. But then, number three, is God's message of grace. Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 say, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And I hope that you're saying, Amen. Number four, the plan of salvation is extended to anybody and everybody. Revelation 22:17 says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him who hears say, Come. Let him who is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. End quote. Number five of the five things that never change is the source of power for victorious living. We find this in Romans 8, verse 11. Quoting the Apostle Paul, he writes, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. End quote. Our security in Christ gives us the ability to rejoice in the adventure of living in the 21st century. We can welcome change from a platform of spiritual security. But before we leave this subject, we need to dig a little deeper below the surface. Where can we find that spiritual security we so desperately need and want for positive, abundant Christian living in the right here and right now? I'm currently reading a book entitled Simply Christian, Why Christianity Makes Sense, written by N.T. Wright, a British clergyman and theologian. In Simply Christian, Dr. Wright has included a simply wonderful chapter on worship. And just this morning, as I'm writing this script, I read the first section of this chapter in which he expounds on the worship scenes in Revelation 4 and 5. Now, I'm not going to read those to you, but I would encourage you to open your own Bible to those chapters, Revelation 4 and 5, and prayerfully meditate on them. For a few minutes at least, isolate yourself from all other distractions as much as possible 
and allow the Holy Spirit to lift your mind into the heavenly realms where all created beings have assembled to praise and worship the great Creator, Redeemer. True worship is the very heart of the experience God designs for each of us to have with Him. It is within the relationship of worship that our Creator can pour the rivers of grace into our lives that He wants us to receive. I designed a graphic to use as the banner on my personal Facebook page saying that the Bible message 101 is, quote, primacy of worship, rivers of grace, end quote. I'd like to invite you, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, to slip over to the the blog page, and there you can see a, a picture of that graphic that I'm referring to there now has a picture of a river. Actually, it's a, called Mill Creek here near the Walla Walla area where I live. And a sunset picture. And I've put a banner there that says Primacy of Worship, Rivers of Grace. You can find that Facebook page if you'd like to look there at facebook.com slash lauren.fenton. So, Let's explore what worship means. The biblical Greek word proskoneo, which is translated into English as worship, literally means to kiss the hand toward. I've been told that in ancient Greece, a slave was required to kiss his hand toward his master whenever coming into his presence. If a slave were in another part of the house and in doing his work happened to enter a room where his master was, He was to stop momentarily and kiss his own hand and blow the kiss towards his master. This was meant to be a sign of loyalty and affection, and it seems to me it's a fitting illustration to help us visualize our worshiping relationship to God, our Lord and Master. Originally, in English, our word worship was worthship, referring to one who was worthy In the British Commonwealth, even today, a magistrate is addressed as your worship, much as we Americans would address the judge in our court of law as your honor. To worship, then, is to kiss the hand toward one who is worthy, assuming humility and complete submission, even as a slave before his master. But beyond this simple gesture, living actions are equally important as the kissing of the hand. If that Greek slave did not obey his master and do the work he was assigned, he would be unfaithful, guilty of insubordination, and worthy of expulsion from the household. It wouldn't make any difference how much he blew kisses toward his master. If he didn't do his work, he would still be disloyal and disobedient. And the same thing is true between us and God. Only if we faithfully do his will can we be accounted as his true servants. Jesus said in Matthew 7:21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Is this salvation by works? Absolutely not. We are saved by faith in the blood of Jesus and nothing else. But our faithfulness in doing God's will is in direct proportion to how much we love and honor him. Truth be told, If a slave in ancient Greece was, in fact, surreptitiously undermining his master's interest 
I'm sure he would know in his heart that if his disloyalty were to be discovered, it would mean his life. That would certainly not be conducive to personal peace and security within. But there's no need to worry over our security or lack of it with God. As noted earlier, the very first of the five things that never change is God's love for us. God told ancient Israel, I have loved you with an everlasting love, from Jeremiah 31.3, and he sends the same message to us. Is our obedience important to God? Of course it is. But what God wants is an obedience that stems out of our love for him as creator and redeemer. The Lord told ancient Israel of his love for them, attempting to inspire their love for him. Some of them responded, of course, but the overwhelming history of the nation indicates their obedience was motivated purely from self-interest. It doesn't have to be that way with us. We can choose, with the same options available to them, to put our trust in God's love and grace, knowing that our destiny, even our very life, is 100% secure for eternity. We can step forward in faith, following His revealed will for our lives, rejoicing in the opportunities we have to exalt the name of our Master and Lord. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I pray you've been blessed. I hope you can join me for next week's episode. I'll be sharing some thoughts about Jesus under the title, The Incomparable Christ. You're not going to want to miss that one. So be sure to tune in, and if you enjoy these podcasts and blog posts, please share them with your friends. Invite them to subscribe. Invite them to listen in. Family, friends, whoever. And my many thanks in advance. So we've come to the end of this episode of the Good Life News Podcast. If you would like to comment or join a conversation about today's content, please visit our website at www.goodlifenews.life. I'd love to hear your thoughts and observations. On the website's blog page, you can also find a complete transcript of the most recent episode, which will always be posted at the top of the page. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. If you'd like to help out in this ministry, it's incredibly helpful if you'd leave a nice rating or review on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week as we continue our journey exploring more about God's love, His amazing grace, and the incredible good news of the everlasting gospel. Until then, walk in peace, live in hope, and hold your treasures with open hands.